Today is Monday, May 1st. The title for our devotional is Self-Actualization Without Worship. This week, as we continue in on in our a la carte Christianity campaign, we're going to explore how we in the church often order up some self-actualization from the faith and leave genuine worship of God on the menu. Let's begin by defining self-actualization. We're diving right in here. <laughs> self-actualization is essentially the process of realizing one's full potential and becoming everything they were meant to be, one's true self, in other words. It is a desire to make all of one's potentiality realized. It is the top tier of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and few people ever truly reach it. Self-actualization as a concept is a good thing. It leads one to be self-aware, discover their values, and build goals and dreams out of those values. It spurs us on towards purpose, innovation, and creativity. We often hear this in what has been termed expressive individualism. The highest level of self-actualization we are taught is to discover who we are and be true to ourselves. Be yourselves. You do you. This messaging is in the cultural air that we breathe. It is an assumed good that we have not critically analyzed because it is so pervasive. This is the highest good in a secular culture. It is displayed everywhere in music, movies, marketing, and academia if you pay attention to the messaging and know what you're looking for. For all of the good that this concept brings, it is not without its limitations. In the Christian perspective, self-actualization is a byproduct, not the goal or end in itself. If we make self-actualization the end, we will never truly achieve it, which is rather paradoxical, but true, at least according to Jesus. This is where Maslow's idea falls short. And again, we look to the teaching of Jesus to be our guide. He is our Lord. Let's revisit the words of Jesus again with this framework in mind. Luke 9, 23-27 Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Truly, I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. If we pursue self-actualization, one's life in the words of Jesus, we will lose ourselves, he says. But if we lose ourselves for Jesus, we will find our true selves. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self, Jesus says. Again, this isn't just talking about the afterlife. In the next verses, Jesus challenges his followers to not be ashamed of his words, now, he tells them that some will not die before they see the kingdom of God. So he's clearly talking about here and now that will also be realized in the afterlife. So true self-actualization, according to Jesus, is found in losing ourselves for him. The word translated life here is the Greek word suke. This word is most often translated as life or soul. Especially if Jesus is using it in its Hebrew context, it refers to the whole person, most notably their whole inner life. Jesus makes this usage of the word suke clear in verse 25, where he uses a different word, which means himself. Remember, where he says, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? He doesn't use the word suke there. He uses the word for himself. Uteo. If we attempt to find meaning and purpose outside of the one who created us by himself, for himself, we will, of course, never fully realize our potentials. The true self is sourced in the Godhead. We are a child of our Heavenly Father. We are co-heirs with Christ who died to save us. He is our Lord in every area of life. The Spirit dwells within us, causing us to walk in God's statutes, forming us into 
the image of Christ and confirming our status as a child in the family of God. To find ourselves, then, we must trade our pursuit of self for our pursuit of God. As we find God, we actually find ourselves. This is why I said earlier that self-actualization is a byproduct of worship. We must root our sense of self in the one who has life in himself, the one who is eternally existent, I am, and the greatest being. We must pursue worship first and self-actualization through the process of formation will result. Any attempt at pursuing self-actualization without worship will inevitably become simply selfish, which is the most destructive and deceptive form of idolatry, worship of self. For additional content, I've linked you to a video from the Gospel Coalition where Sam Alberry discusses the problem of being true to yourself. It's a quick one-minute video, uh, but I encourage you to give it a watch. For reflection, how have you encountered this messaging of expressive individualism in the cultural air that we breathe? Think of movies, music, ads, etc. that present this message as the highest good. Then reflect on your perception of the Christian faith. Are you claiming to be a follower of Jesus to help you reach your full potential? Or out of worship for God? Are you trying to order up some self-actualization a la carte without worshiping God? These are two very different motives. One is idolatry, the other is genuine worship. And we will only know which it is when we sit in quiet, calm, and reflect on our heart's posture towards God.